The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. So, we've spent the past two shows talking about the reality of real life in a dualistic world with its darkness and its blindness. In one of the shows, we were talking about how to find truth um, through our blindness. And the other show, we talked about darkness and what that means to sort of go spelunking in a cave. Well, this time, we're going to focus on that elusive thing called bliss, evidence for many of enlightenment. Bliss, joy, and ecstasy, these are largely synonymous terms that have not been historically used much in any kind of secular way. In fact, when we use it, sometimes people look at us like we're a little bit nuts. Yet, in today's social world, we can hear those terms used a little bit more, either to mock or poke fun at the bliss seekers, or as a way of describing a fulfilling career. People talk sometimes now about a fulfilling career giving you joy. And if they don't use that, they use the term happiness, which sounds a little better, sounds a little less woo-woo to most people. Regardless, most of us think of bliss as a state. A state is a place where, for the psyche to rest for a while, like taking a vacation in the state of Hawaii. When joy is related to career, if the career is doing what we want it to do, we have joy, and if it isn't, we don't. When it's related to meditation, it's a state to which we arrive after getting our minds in the right place. Well, what if bliss is who we actually are? What if bliss is our primordial essence? That's what we're going to be talking about on the show today. So I want you to stay tuned through the different segments because in this show we're going to do some life-changing thinking about what it is to have bliss and what it isn't to, to have bliss. So, okay, first what I want to talk about is the fact that many of those of us in the human potential movement who want to uh, meditate and who want to reach the higher realms of who we actually are uh, think in terms of bliss. We think in terms that, since, especially since most of us who have ever meditated and gotten reached down into those deeper regions of ourselves, we have experienced some level of what we would call bliss. And so we want more of it. And, uh, and who could blame us? It's wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful sense. It's a wonderful, uh, essence. So, uh, of course we want more of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, on the other hand, there are those people who would say to us that we should spend more and more time in meditation and less and less time in the illusion of the world because that's how we'll have bliss, and if we have bliss, that's evidence that we are indeed enlightened. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with that. I want to be clear about that because there are people out there who are just sort of using bliss like we use drugs to sort of just bliss out all the time. And um, I, I don't think that's 
what we're trying to get to. I don't think we're trying to avoid life, in other words, by having bliss. I think bliss is life, and we're going to talk a lot about that today and what that means. So I wanted to be real clear about that. When I'm talking about bliss and learning how to live out of our bliss, I'm not saying that we should avoid the world through bliss because the world... Um, you know, we, for, for centuries, traditionalists have taught us in, in various religions, not just in the Western culture, but in the Eastern culture as well, that our world is the bad place. The bad, the world is the place we should avoid. It's the, it's the, um, uh, evildoer, uh, or as Nell said in, in the movie many years ago, Eva Doas. Uh, it is, it's the, it's the part that we don't want to associate with because when we're of the world, we, we are of evil, we are of sin, we are of uh, the body, which is part of the world. And so there's this split, this psychic split in our perception between what's of the world and what's of the spirit. And we want to bridge the gap of that split today because there is no need for a split ever. And that is one of the things that is problematic when we talk about bliss. As I said in the beginning, those people who are blissing out, sitting around um, trying to find more and more bliss and more and more ways to find bliss, are very often avoiding contact with the real world and very often saying in at the same time that the real world is actually illusion. So let's talk for a minute about what that idea of illusion means. Um, in The Course in Miracles, there are, uh, if you look, get to the student manual, student workbook, and the teacher's manual, what you discover is that um, there are some, exam- uh, some um, exercises in there about how you can look at that tree and say, that tree is not a tree, it's really spirit. Or you can look at that desk and say, that desk is not a desk, it's really spirit. And I think when we take those ex- exercises literally, we tend to go, oh, well, there is, you know, those things really aren't real. They're not, I don't need to live in that world. I don't need to be thinking about physicality. I don't need to be um, <clears throat> judging my experience as a real experience. And, and when we do that, when we take it literally, and which is easy for us to do, what happens is we start renegotiating our existence and saying, I don't really have to live here on planet Earth. I can live in the surreal world above and beyond, and uh, that means that I'm enlightened thereby. Um, and I, I really can't say enough how much that um, that thinking, whether it's in the Christian world or in the Buddhist world or in the Taoist world or wherever, that kind of idea that the the world itself is a bad place that we should avoid is problematic because it keeps us split off from our existence here on planet Earth. Now, I am not saying that if a person is called to asceticism that they shouldn't do that. If, if you are truly find your joy, um, your truth, your uh, primordial essence in um, being an ascetic, that's great. Go for it. But too many of us are just looking for that bliss feeling and uh, when we do that we're missing out okay so how do we live in the world how do we bridge that gap how do we live in the world and still live in bliss okay first of all we uh, it, it comes down to becoming aware that the world is not the problem the world is made up of what all each of us individually and all of us as a collective have 
made of it. We have perceived it. We have made it what it is today. Everything that we have grown thus far is because we grew it. <laughs> it happened this way. We planted the seed and it grew. And uh, we have perpetuated a lot of mythological stuff that's just basically bunk. Um, one of those, I mean, it's very obvious to most of us is we can look around and see that um, all of the information we have about body image, a lot of it is just so utterly false. And many of us are being misled by that. So, yes, uh, we have perpetuated things that are not true. That doesn't mean that... We can't live in the world in truth. Okay, so I am a body. I am a mind. I am a spirit. I am uh, uh, emotions. I am thought. I am uh, a a soul. I am a the ethereal body. I'm all of that in a combination. And if I split off part of that and say, well, that's just body, or that's just what I do in the in the world. Over here is what I'm in my meditation. That's, excuse me, that's when it becomes really real. Well, I don't really have to pay attention to that because that's just the body. I'm going to, you know, ignore that or that's just my life at work. I'm just going to ignore that. I have to go to work and, you know, eat, get food to eat. But, you know, that's it. That's all I'm really doing there. That split, that psychological split. Is harmful to us. It does not. It does not bring us to oneness. It maintains the state of duality. Anytime we're splitting off for any, from any aspect of ourselves, we are still living in the, what I call the trance state of duality, a hypnotic state in which we believe that we're separate from the divine. So while I'm over here in, and I'm using this very literally, but it can be all kinds of things besides what I'm saying here. But if I'm over here in my job and I believe that my job is something I just do because I have to. Well, then, you know, I'm not over here in bliss. Therefore, I'm not really in spirit while I'm at my job. Well, what does that mean? It means that I'm not really tuning in to my spiritual essence while I'm at work. And therefore, I'm missing out on, and maybe other people are missing out on, what my spirit can give to me and through me. So, um, that split doesn't work. It, do, it only perpetuates the hypnotic state of duality. However... In trying to uh, to find uh, a, our own primordial essence, we end up also finding bliss and peace. So what in the world do I mean by primordial essence? Um, uh, a way of talking about it by metaphor is to use the Old Testament or the uh, Hebrew Bible, Torah's version of the creation story in which um, which people were created in form after first being uh, created in formlessness. So um, Elohim, the name Elohim does not mean God in the Hebrew text. It means um, belly, it means man, it means big man, it means giant man, it means um, God, it means all kinds of things. It's a kind of combination between God and man. That word, and it's plural, Elohua. And so, uh, what what that essentially tells us is that this is the God Man that we are, and we created ourselves and brought ourselves down here to Earth, and we then 
We're able to uh, create for ourselves in form. Well, the minute we created ourselves in form, we began to think, well, now is form separate from formlessness? And that's been our experiment ever since. I'm not going to go into more detail about that right now. What I am going to say is that the primordial body, the primordial essence of who we are is Elohim. It is that we, that that is both human and God simultaneously. And it is, um, it is who we are at our deepest, most profound essence. So rather than seeking peace, seeking bliss, perhaps we need to be seeking our essence and bliss will come with it. And that is what I want to communicate more than anything else today. And that we'll be talking about how to do that as we go. But seeking bliss for the sake of bliss is the same thing as seeking a high for the sake of the high. I don't drink alcohol to drink alcohol because I like the taste. I drink it because I want to feel better. And that's the same thing we do when we seek bliss just to seek bliss. And we say to ourselves, well, this means I'm enlightened. But it's kind of like saying, um, I want to win the lottery Okay, what are you going to do with the money once you get it? Well, I'm going to take care of my kids and take care of my house and pay off my bills and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then I'm going to ask, well, okay, now that you've done all that, what do you have? And most people are going to say something akin to I have peace of mind. Well, what we're doing there is saying that the lottery is going to give us peace of mind. But actually, what we really wanted all along was peace of mind. So... We can have that without the lottery, and sure, the lottery would be great for all of us, but um, we can have peace of mind without the lottery. We have gotten the goal of the lottery mixed up with the goal of peace of mind, and that's the same thing we do with bliss sometimes. We get the goal of bliss mixed up with the real goal of seeking to be who we actually are. And that's what the Authentic Living Show has been and will be all about, is uh, that 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 uh, methodology, if you will, of the study of how we make contact with and begin to live out of the authentic self, which is that primordial essence, that ancient essence of who we are. Um, Is it possible to be in a soul and in a body at the same time? My profound and loud answer to that is absolutely yes. But that's not how we've been taught to think. We've taught, been taught to believe that soul is one thing and body is another. Mind is one thing and soul is another. Then um, some people even divide it even further and say, well, the spirit is one thing and the soul is another. I don't make those divisions. There are no divisions. We've imagined those divisions because we've been hypnotized into a duality trance state in which we believe there are divisions when in actuality there are none. Um, now, some would say, well, yes, we do live in this duality state, and that's exactly what I said last week when we were talking about the dark and spelunking into the cave. Yes, we do live in this state of duality, so is it possible for us to have bliss and live out of it while we're living here on earth in a world which is pretty much ruled by du- a duality? And the answer that I have to that is absolutely yes, we can do that. But we have to know how. And like Oprah says, it's not enough to tell a person to do a thing. You have to tell them how. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this show. How does a person live on planet Earth in this world that is ruled by duality and still maintain peace and bliss? 
Okay, so first we're going to talk about the body, then we're going to talk about the mind, and then we're going to talk about how to be in body, mind, soul, all of it at the same time. Um, and I'm going to just talk real briefly now. We have just a few minutes before the break, but I'm going to talk real briefly now about the body. The body is the soul. Okay, it is the same exact thing. There is no difference. We've made a difference in our minds because the body is considered to be the thing that makes us sin because the body have appet- has appetites and the body has desires and the body has um, sexual needs and the body has all these things that seem to get us in trouble. So over the centuries, what we've said is the body is the problem. If we could just you know, make the body come into li- alignment, then we'd be okay. And that's why so many uh, we've heard so many horrific stories about people injuring themselves, you know, stabbing themselves and cutting themselves and beating themselves with a cat of nine tails and, um, you know, all kinds of things to try to get their body to behave better and be good and stop being so bad. And somehow the pain was justice. It was the way we got ourselves back in line. And one of the real circular ways we have of thinking about that is that, you know, if I'm bad, then the way to get good is to punish myself for having been bad. So then I'm not so bad because I've punished myself. Then I feel better because I've punished myself. And that psychological construct has become physical in many cases when we when we literally abuse the body in order to get it to come into alignment. Of course, that's not the only way we've used the body. We also abuse the body to make it look good. Uh, we also abuse the body to make it... Um, uh, um, be a, a great athlete sometimes, no, uh, and not to say that every great athlete has done that, but sometimes we do. Um, so, but one of the ways we can abuse the body is by informing it that its its ex- its very existence is is not good. It's negative. It's you know it shouldn't have these feelings and desires and sensations that it has, and to have those things is wrong. And when in the 1960s we became more aware of our sexuality, we began to experiment with that whole thing and we've begun to question whether or not we were right about the body, but that's way far away from where I'm going. We need more questions and we need more answers. And so uh, when we talk about the body as a problem, we're, we're giving the body information. We're we're literally mentally communicating to our bodies that they are the problem. And uh, and if we think our bodies don't hear that and pick it up and conform to what we've ded- uh, dedicated ourselves to, we're wrong. Our bodies will pick that up and they will conform. It's kind of like, you know, you watch somebody walk a certain way for several years and eventually... You know, if they're walked kind of slumped over, eventually when they get older, they're slumped over. It's permanent. It's you not getting out of it. The same thing. So what we tell our body means a lot. And we're going to be talking more about that right after the break. So stay tuned for more. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. 
But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel by tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porosik and Christine McIver. You'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. If you were looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light. Where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. And right now, they're offering an opportunity to win a free course for those who email before March 31st. But I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. AHT's programs include degrees in the following – Holistic Theology, offering its terminal degrees, both a Th.D. and a Ph.D., Holistic Ministries, Holistic Health and Spiritual Care, Metaphysical Spirituality, and Alternate Spiritual Traditions, which includes in-depth studies of the paranormal. Both, 
Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. This is not just another spiritual diploma mill. AIHT is a real educational program where you will get a real learning experience in a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. For those interested in enrolling, there's a small down payment of $250, and then you pay only $150 a month, interest-free, toward manifesting your dream. The big deal is that facilitating your dream is AIHT's mission. All you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. And now to the details of how you can win a free course. Email Beverly Love at AIHT.edu. That's Beverly Love, B-E-V-E-R-L-Y-L-O-V-E at AIHT.edu and put Win a free course in your subject line. Tell her you'd like to win a free course and why, and then wait till the drawing on April 1st to find out if you won. Or if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325 to learn how you can make your dreams for a degree that will make your career dreams come true. So we're talking today about bliss and what it means to have it what it doesn't mean to have it, and what it means to what bliss actually is. And what I've already said, and we'll say it again, is that bliss is the essence of who we actually are. Bliss is not something we have to find. It is in us all the time. It is not something we have to split ourselves off uh, to attain. In other words, we don't have to split ourselves off from the world and stay in a constant meditative state to have bliss. And uh, we don't have to gain some super identity as a super teacher to have bliss all the time. We don't have to um, uh, make the world into an illusion. We don't have to forego the sensations and, and truth-telling of our body. We don't have to do any of that. We just have to get in touch with who we actually are, and bliss is right there. Okay? So we're going to be talking about how to do that. What we said before the break was that the, we've made the body the problem, and that telling our body that, the, that it is the problem that keeps us from having our bliss is part of the, part of the um, issue with our being able to live in bliss. Many of us uh, in the human potential movement have spoken of the body as a as our density. And that's a good term um, because actually it is a denser but le- no less real part of our essence and therefore our bliss. Um, our bodies are uh, a configuration of molecular activity that is based in another configuration of quarkial, <laughs> I just coined a word, quark activity, which is based on another configuration of uh, uh, neutrino activity and based on another configuration of, we could keep going, to infinity. Um, there are smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller parts of who we are that if you dropped a house in between them, would uh could it would just fall free because because who we are is is 
um, not just what we see when we look in the mirror, who we are in, in terms of a body is not just what we can touch and feel and what we can touch and feel on other people, but it is what goes below that and below that and below that and below that and below that. And that's what quantum physics is teaching us that we are, we are and everything else is, matter is made up of of, uh, of of a unified field uh, that Einstein theorized, and of course now we we're still researching all of this. But what we've determined thus far is that we can change what uh, a, a cell or a, an atom is doing by observing it, and. Um, that observation is important when it comes to matter because, as I said just before the break, when we tell our bodies that they are the problem, then uh, we are we are believing that ourselves and therefore our bodies are coming in alignment with that belief because we're one, because we can't separate from our minds. Um, so uh, the, the body is an essential ingredient of our soulfulness. And in fact, it is my belief that we came here to establish the body as a principal format for the soul's um, presence and purpose. And so, uh, when, you know, it, we came here, but prior to being here, we had no body. There was no form and there was no matter. Everything was formless and void. And so... When we decided to create form, what, what the ultimate intent was, was to create form that was not separate from formlessness, that is united with formlessness. And so that's what we did. And then we ate of the so-called tree of knowledge of good and evil in which we hypnotized ourselves into a belief that, that the form, once it was form, was now separate from formlessness. And, uh, in that, and that's part of the experiment, part of the creative, essential ingredient of finally ending up fully understanding that form and formlessness are one. Um, but we get closer and closer as we meditate, as we talk to each other, as we become more aware of who we are, as we study quantum physics, as we study the quantum nature. All of the information that's becoming more and more accessible to us today is creating a deeper and deeper awareness that we can be in body and be in soul at the same time. Um, so when we tell ourselves that we can't do that, that we have to leave the body to experience bliss, we are telling ourselves a lie. Okay? Now, um, I myself have personally struggled with this issue. And I know that there are many others have struggled with this issue of being in the body um, and uh, what that means. And particularly those who have had near-death experiences very often come back. Um, once they've come back, they have a really difficult time with having to be in this body on, on this planet where suffering occurs. Once you've been up in that other place or down or wherever it is in that other place where we can see clearly who we are and we see that all is one and that all is bliss and that all is love and that all is light. When we see that on the other side and then come back here, we want to go, wait, I do not want to be here. I want to go back there. And that's very often one of the, pe the struggles that people who have near-death near experiences have. And so, um, but we're sent back here for a reason. We were sent here in the first place for a reason. We came here. If you don't believe we were sent, fine. We were ca We came here 
for a reason. And it's it's not some grand purpose that we haven't yet discovered. We came here to be here. We came here to be here, really be here, in body, in spirit, in soul, in mind, at the same time, simultaneously. And that is why we're here. And to say to ourselves, well, I had that other experience with soul, so I shouldn't have to be in body anymore, is to continue, continue to believe that the split is essential. It is possible to live right here on planet Earth in soul, in bliss, in joy at the same time. So, um, so the body, being in the body is not the problem. Actually, it is ultimately going to be the solution to the duality trans state because um, the body is the thing that reminds us that we're here on this planet in matter and that what what we what was attempting to be done at the crea- point of creation when, which in which we all participated as souls um, is that we were trying to uh, um, establish form as a real viable um, reality and when we so when we negate, when we negate form and say that form shouldn't really matter, the only thing that really matters is my soul. We're doing the opposite of what we came here to do, and I just can't reiterate that enough. That to tell ourselves that the world is illusion and we shouldn't have to live in it, and the body is not necessary, and why should I have to be here on this planet in this body, is to tell ourselves a lie that perpetuates the duality trans state, perpetuates the split between body, mind, soul, spirit, love, all of that. Okay, so the body is a very, very, very crucial element of 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 our journey here. Uh, we're doing this as part of creating something entirely new for the universe. When we get done with this part of the journey, when we get done with duality and really, really know in every aspect of our being that there is no separation between the divine and us, between the body and the mind, between anything and anything else, when we really get that, all of us as a collective, the, the universe is going to change uh, entirely as a res- as a response to that, because form will now know itself as also formlessness and as one with divine, and that is a completely new thing that had never happened prior to the creation here that we understand. Um, never had it happened. There had always been formlessness. Then there was form. And now what we're doing is experimenting with what it means to be form. And once we realize fully that form and formlessness are one, the entire universe is, is going to change. And then we'll do, have a new creative mission. Um, it won't be duality anymore. It'll be something new. So what a grand experience we're part of. What an amazing thing that we're doing. We are creating we collectively, each of us and all of us collectively, are creating an entirely new universe from the one that was prior to our creation of form. That's huge. And if we say to ourselves, well, I shouldn't really have to be a part of that. Well, we keep saying that all you want. You know, I've said it. We can all say it. We can say it all we want. But the truth is that we're just denying what we're here to do. Okay, so what we're here to do is be here. 
And when we, and, and so you hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, when I meditated, I left my body and it was so wonderful. I was not a part of any of this stuff and I had total bliss and wasn't it great? Okay. Well, you know, I'm glad you had that experience. However, you got to come back to the body and the body does not deprive you of peace. Your thinking that the body deprives you of peace is what deprives you of peace. Okay. It's your thinking that needs to change. And so that's how we move into the mind. Now, we also have a lot of split, double-speak talking about the mind as well, in which we say on the one hand that what we think is what we create, but on the other hand, we say um, we've got to... We've got to push our thoughts around and repress what doesn't work and, and don't think any negative thoughts and don't, uh, you know, f- have any negative creations and don't ever have a negative emotion and, you know, oh my gosh, that's so, such a struggle. So again, we're beating up the mind in a similar fashion to the way we used to beat up the body and still do beat up the body. Um, so we're telling the body, you have got to get yourself in order. By golly, you, you are messing me up. You are keeping me from having my bliss. You are thinking negative thoughts. How dare you? Well, who decided it was negative? We did. Hello. We decided it was negative. Uh, and who decided that a, 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 a sadness was a negative emotion or anger was a negative? Who did, who valued it in that way? We did. We decided that. Nobody told us that. There's nothing written anywhere that says don't ever think a negative thought, except in the books like The Secret. No no big codified law came down from the heavens and said, okay, don't you dare ever think a negative thought. Repress all of those. Well, here's what happens when we repress something. It goes down into the unconscious, and it sits there, and it merges with other things that are in the unconscious, and then it comes out as some kind of behavior, which is either embarrassing to us or which we later regret, and then we have to suck all that back up again and you know, do something with that, and then it just gets bigger and and more repressive, and then we get stuck in it even more, and and then we wonder why we're miserable. Hello, we, we, we repressed a lot of information that was there for us. There's no such thing as a negative thought. Are you listening? There's no such thing as a negative thought. There's no such thing as a negative thought. There's no such thing as a negative emotion. There is no negative. There is no positive. That just furthers the split in duality. So when we're talking about negative and positive, we have left the world of oneness and we have moved back into the hypnotic trance state of duality. And Sure, we all do it. We just need to catch ourselves doing it and go, oh, okay, there I am doing that and say, okay, wait, what's really true is da 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 da. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that's how we can work with the mind a little bit. And, and what we're talking about today is awareness. We're talking about awareness of body as one with the divine, awareness of mind as one with the divine. And those are the first two steps of being able to really find and live in bliss. We really have to change our minds about <clears throat> what's going on with the body and what's going on with the mind. So, okay, the mind can think whatever it wants. It's just a thought. It has no power. Hello? Are you listening? There's no power in a negative thought. There's no power in a positive thought. It isn't our thoughts that attract. It is our soul that attracts. We are here in a soul to live out an experience <clears throat> excuse me, that is going to um, get us to further and further, deeper and deeper awareness of who we are as that primordial essence, which is our bliss. 
that's what we're here to do. And when we square off against that mission and say, well, my mind is the problem, I need to make it think right, then what we're doing is we're furthering the split between consciousness and unconsciousness, um, and that is not helping us, it's not serving us. So, um, when we want to, when we want to talk about bliss, what we need to talk about is getting to full awareness of who we are as one with the divine and every other aspect of our being. And uh, over this next break, uh, after this next break, we're going to talk about how we can actually do that. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Are you feeling out of control? Are bad relationships, anger, depression, and lifestyle overwhelming you? You can choose to release the belief systems that have kept women stuck for years. Tune in to The Power of an Unstoppable Woman with Dr. Rose Backman as your host. Break free from the genetic beliefs that can cause sabotage. It's time to stand up for who you are and what you believe in no matter what. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're talking today about bliss, what it means to have bliss, what it means, what it doesn't mean to have bliss, and what, uh, what we're here in the process of doing that is leading us in that direction. And what we've said thus far is that when we think that the body is the problem that keeps us from bliss and that we have to get away from or out of the body in order to have bliss, uh, we're first using bliss as the goal. 
which it isn't the goal. It is a, a byproduct of the goal, which is to be who we actually are as divine beings. And, uh, second, we are, uh, we're continuing the split, which is the duality trance state, which keeps us believing that we're separate from the divine. Therefore, we may uh, hug the hem, hem of the garment of bliss, but we will not really attain to anything different than striving for more bliss. Um, that's not going to, uh, and what we do when we do that is we sort of have to leave life behind and go seeking after bliss. Um, in much the same way that a drug addict or an alcoholic will leave life behind in, in search of the next high. So, um, um, I'm not encouraging that. I don't think bliss is the goal. The goal is not, uh, for us to bliss out and leave planet Earth behind. The goal is to be here on planet Earth in body, in mind, as one with the divine. Um, and we also said that the mind is a problem when we, we, when we believe the mind is the problem. When we start believing the mind is the problem, we start telling it what to think. And it can't think anything negative. And therefore, we, uh, we push it around and shove things down into the unconscious, which only come back up later in ways we don't understand and can't uh, account for our own behavior or thoughts because it's coming back up whereas if we don't push it down there it won't have to come back up um, so being with our emotions is the same as being with a child who needs us um, and being with our thoughts is the same so being present uh, we, we can have dualistic thoughts and even dualistic emotions but being present with them means that we are trying to unite them in oneness, and that's the goal, not to try to make them go away so that we can have our bliss. Um, that's about the same as trying to get a nagging mother to go away so you can use your high, get you know use your needle to get high. So you know we 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 tend to get the goal mixed up with the method toward the goal, um, and uh, that's what part of what we've been talking about today. But I promised that we would talk about how to. Um, get and maintain bliss and what I'm going to say to you is that we get and maintain bliss by taking that off the top goal Okay, bliss is not the goal being united with the divine is the goal being united with who we actually are being who we actually are as beingness and actually um, living from that place in our core is what uh, produces the byproduct of, of bliss and peace. Um, so the bliss and peace are byproducts. They are not goals. Right? I want to make that clear. But how do we get in touch with that primordial essence? Well, that primordial essence is the exact same thing as your soul, which is the exact same thing as your authentic self. And that's why we're, we have this show called Authentic Living, because get uh, there's are met specific methods we can go about, uh, many varied specific methods we can go about to get in touch with and live from the authentic self. And of course, most of you know I've written a book called Restoring My Soul, which is a workbook where you can work on the pages of the book um, to to get in touch with some psychological aspects that keep us out of touch with the authentic self and also some spiritual aspects uh, that help us get in touch with the authentic self. But here's what I want to say. We don't get in touch with something by telling ourselves to get out of touch with something else. We don't change a bad habit by pushing it away and trying not to do it. 
we change a bad habit by instituting another habit. We, we, we don't get rid of what is not authentic. We start being what is authentic. And if we just spend a little time inside of ourselves, we will begin to know the difference. Okay? And I don't mean in meditation, although meditation is, I truly encourage it. I meditate every day and I encourage it in other people as well. But I, but I also think that, uh, we need to be sort of processing through what's going on inside us as we live our day. And we can do that. We tend to think that, oh, I can't focus on the inner and the outer at the same time. Well, sure you can. The inner is what's really going on with you. Um, and the outer is just what somebody else wants of you. So you definitely can go inside and decide what you want to do about what somebody else wants of you or somebody else's agenda for you or somebody a culture's agenda for you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, so when we're going through our days, we can be paying attention to what's going on in there and we can go to deeper and deeper places. Our dreams can help us do that. Our dreams can help facilitate that by using images that we can relate to and, and discover more about what's really going on inside of us, what might be blocking us from seeing and being who we really are or what is um, facilitating our being and, and uh, more of who we really are. Um, we we can work with images. We can have what Carl Jung called uh, uh, the inner work. And inner work is um, being able, or active imagination is one of the ways he talked about that. Inner work was written by, I believe, Robert Johnson. But uh, active imagination is the tool that Carl Jung talked, used in that book to talk about um, how we can begin to dialogue with various aspects of ourselves, literally. And we talk about that and people think, oh, that's just so stupid. How can you dialogue with with a part of yourself? Well, you literally can. And I've, I've done it with many, many clients over the years and have done it in groups with clients. And it's pretty amazing to watch what happens when you're doing that with a group of clients who are... Uh, drawing a picture of the authentic self and drawing a picture of the mask and costume that they've worn all these years and getting the two of those dialoguing by standing behind the chair of the role or mask and costume and talking from it and then going to stand behind the authentic self and talking from it. And it is amazing to see what happens with the body, with the words, with the, the tone of voice, with the emotions, everything that shifts when they move over behind the chair of the authentic self. Because we know we've got an authentic self. We all know it. We just don't operate out of it because we've been taught not to. That we're somehow betraying our culture and our family and who knows what else by being real, by being who we actually are. But once you make contact with the authentic self and you feel it, when it's an affective, what we call in the mental health world, an affective uh, response to it, which means an emotional response to it, um, you... You know that it's real because you it it sits in you, it grounds you, it centers you, it brings you to a place of clarity, and you know you there's no way around it. You can't miss it. You know that it's real. So, um, what I encourage people to do is, it, if you never do a workbook, <laughs> just spend time inside yourself. Spend time inside yourself because the goal again is not bliss. Bliss is a byproduct. The goal is finding yourself. So let's say you have a quote-unquote negative emotion come up. Resentment is one of those that we we criticize ourselves for being so resentful. I can't tell you how many people over the years I've talked to who have said, um, 
you know, I, I, I just feel so resentful of my mother or my father or my whatever uh, because I'm always having to do what they want and they're just always trying to get me to do stuff and they're just so manipulative and I just can't stand it. And um, they drive me crazy. That's the phrase. They drive me crazy. And um, my response to that first is if somebody else is driving you crazy, you handed them the wheel. Okay, they can't drive you anywhere unless you hand them the wheel. So they're driving your car, they're driving your life, and um, at least momentarily. So okay, so there's that. But second, uh, what they said, what quickly follows that I just can't stand it is that I also can't stand that I can't stand it. I, I can't. I just can't believe I'm so resentful. I can't believe I've got this sort of bitter feeling inside of me that just is awful, and I just feel so bad that I'm resenting them because, you know, you know, that's my mother, or that's my father, or that's my brother, or that's my whoever, whoever, that I really feel like they need me, and I should do this, and I shouldn't be resentful. But what I say is that the resentful is talking to resentment is talking to them, that the resentment is telling us something about our lives and generally speaking it's telling us that we are not doing what is authentic so if we serve someone else based on a should a have to an ought to a duty uh, an obligation uh, oh they need me um, then what we're doing is doing uh, plastic it's plastic those shoulds and ought to's those are external Notions that we've incorporated into the body and mind as if they were true. In fact, there are no shoulds, there are no altars, there are no obligations except the ones that we've made up. And we've made some of those up as a collective and put it upon each other. And we've made some of those up as individuals and put that upon ourselves. But we've made it up. Um, you know, we, we tend to think that guilt and duty are two really, really, really good things. And they're going to help us become better people. You know, if I if I can guilt myself into doing something because I know that if I don't, I'm going to feel guilty later, then I'll do it. And that somehow makes me believe that I'm a good person. I feel like a good person now because I've done that. And duty is the same. If I do this because I'm supposed to do it, well, I must be a good person. I've done the, what I was supposed to do. But the fact is we don't need guilt and we don't need duty. And we don't need obligation. What we need is our authentic compassion and passion. Those are enough to get us to do what is true. Those are enough. And when we live from that, we're living more authentically, and the byproduct is bliss and peace. Okay, so, so okay, Uncle Joe wants me to come over and rake his yard, and I raked his yard just last week, and I just don't want to do it again, and it's not, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's just going to be more leaves again tomorrow, and I'd rather wait till after the, fall is over and all the trees have, all the leaves have fallen and then I'll go do it one big thing and maybe I'll take some friends and we'll have a pizza party but I don't want to do it so how am I going to I can't tell him that because you know Uncle Joe he'll get mad and he'll get hurt and I'll feel bad and ah, I guess I better go do it and that's how we talk ourselves into stuff that we don't really want to do and then we wonder where our joy went well it went the way of authenticity where we've hidden it down in the unconscious we push away the authentic self and we tell it to, no, hush, you're telling me to do bad things. But really, it's telling you to do real things. It's telling you to do what's really real. What's really real is you've got a creative way of doing this. So you go to Uncle Joe and you say, hey, Uncle Joe, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to rake all of your leaves at once. Um, once the fall is over, I'm not coming over here every week to do it for you. Um, and if you want it done more often than that, maybe you need to hire somebody else to do it. I can't do it. 
I know that might make you disappointed, but this is how I think it's best to do it, and this is what I, I, I can do. Hope you understand that. You know, I'm, you can say it in all kinds of ways, a little more passion or compassion than the way I just said it, but the point is you're giving Uncle Joe the truth. Now Uncle Joe knows he's got the truth, and whether he's mad about it or not, that's his. That belongs to him. Another truth, another lie we tell ourselves is that we are somehow responsible for how other people feel about what we've done, and we are not. Those feelings belong to them. Uh, and that truth sets us free to have bliss. Okay, so every time we are living in our authenticity, every time we are behaving as if our authenticity really mattered, we are granting ourselves the opportunity for bliss. Now, I'm talking about that in very practical terms because that is what it's like to live here on planet Earth. We are in a body, in a mind, in this life with Uncle Joe, and that's how it is. And to deny that is to say, I should have a different reality. And to say that is to not be here. And if we're not here, how can we have bliss here? So the point I'm trying to make today is is very, very, very important. In order for us to have bliss right here on planet Earth, we have to be here on planet Earth. And that is with all of planet Earth's suffering, with all of the duality that rules planet Earth and which creates the suffering, um, and also with ourselves and our own thoughts and our own imaginings and all of that that goes with it. When we can unite oneness, divine self, with all those emotions and thoughts that are scary, then they cease to be scary. They they bow before the greater truth. And that's the practice. The practice is to be true to ourselves. And that brings bliss as its byproduct. So that's what we have for today. Next week we're going to be talking about helping and healing. What does it mean to help another person? Do we really heal other people? That's what we'll be talking about next week. So stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.